Support for this podcast comes from the patrons at patreon.com slash FML FPL. An absolute bloodbath of game week four, right before an international break. What circle of hell are you in right now? I don't know. You know that Johnny Depp movie with all of the uh, the hell things? From I'm hell. From hell. I haven't seen yeah. it. Classic from hell. I'm, I'm in, in there. I'm You're just in generic there. hell. No circle yeah. or no, layer. I'm sitting on like a stool with no back support <laughs> for, for, for eter- eternity. <laughs> Just like it, no bachelor, but also no like footrest on the bottom no, no. rung. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you're it. just hanging for there. That's what it feels like. Oh god, that is that is brutal. I'm somewhere. Oh, yeah, I'm just like in limbo. I'm like, I have my foot in the door of hell, but I'm chilling in limbo for now. Okay, I'm okay. So how'd you do this week? A whopping forty points. A nice, tidy, and huge red arrow up my ass. Um, yeah, it's just terrible, you know, just absolutely a joke. My team's just, I like everyone pretty much, but they just don't get points. So it's a problem <laughs> there. That's a big problem. Yeah. And then I have fucking 18 points on my bench from these two pieces of shit. Fucking billing, of course, doesn't George Boyd for me when I need him. I think I've started billing twice already. Like I've had yeah. the oats all week out and another week out, obviously comes in like a clean sheet point. I'm thrilled. He gets three. And then obviously he scores nine when he's second on my bench. And then Johnny I brought in, I mean, didn't even remotely, not even close to consider starting the Wolves defender at West Ham over Juan Bissaka. I was going to ask you about that, if you considered that or not. No, not didn't even cross my mind. I was just bringing him in to kind of rotate. Yeah. And, I mean, hindsight's obviously twenty twenty, but your shout about Palace's defense without Tompkins, oh my God. Like, I didn't watch that match live, but... Kelly in the match of the day highlights was just there. He was just getting exploited left and right. Like Palace defense is not feeling good right now. No, not at all. And I mean, I think at Huddersfield is not going to be a clean sheet. I have absolutely zero confidence that we'll get a, we can keep a clean away to any tide in the division, Huddersfield or Cardiff. I like the game with six fixture home Newcastle. I mean, even if Tompkins is not back by then, that I mean, Newcastle attack feels even more toothless than Southampton. I mean, Rondon's not scaring anyone, and so I mean we'll get there game week six. But in general, I think get the fuck rid of Palace defenders, and if you have Juan Bissaka, he shouldn't be viewed as a starter. Yeah, he's just all. an enabler really, at this point. Yeah, he's just a pure enabler. Should be should be buried on the bench. Um, it just doesn't doesn't feel good. Pedro but, came yeah, in yeah. for you, which is good yeah, after not starting, especially. Yeah, but. I mean Pedro just really lucky. Honestly, he came in for twenty minutes. Just getting a goal is ridiculously lucky. And then obviously Captain Moden come in. Erickson continuing the string of blanks. David should have probably scored. Should have probably like double should return double minimum return, single say. return. Obviously blanked, so I got net zero on that. Yeah, what were your transfers? You didn't mention your transfers. I brought in Silva and Johnny Castro Otto. Um, and I shipped out Sacco and Ozil. 
So, I mean, getting rid of Sacco is obviously really good and keeping Shaw. Shaw looked good again. He had that one, he had one really bad mistake when he had the yellow card. It was just fucking asinine defending. But otherwise, he played really well and, you know, came in again. Shaw's been great, but. And getting rid of Ozil is good too. Like, the moves at least were good. Yeah, it's just the thing that. Yeah, that's been really the story of my season. Like my team, I've been really calm. No hits, nowhere near hits. Have a lot of players that a lot of people have. I'm just not storming any weeks. I'm just kind of titting and totting and mulling around. The fucking, I'm on the stool. You're just on the stool. I'm on the stool. What about H- you? Hunched over on the stool. It's a bad place to be. Um, yeah. Well, I finished up 47. So, I mean, also not good at all. 2.2 million game week rank, but not that bad. I'm surprised you didn't mention the non-Liverpool clean also because, and we're both on double Liverpool defense, which is definitely a differential. And to just lose it on, you know, Allison complete fuckery was very gutting and very bad for us. And I was looking at the ownership percentages and Robbo 76% owned in top 10K. So, and obviously we both have them, but the next highest guys are Allison and 12.9%, VVD and Trent at 7.5%. So double is very uncommon. And for Mane to score and them to lose the clean like that was just like, that was a huge, huge net point loss for both of us. Probably like 200, 200K, 250K swing. Yeah, easy. because Especially because everyone in the top 10K has Mane, and that's part of the reason they're in the top 10K. And we just, yeah, that was a, that was a big swing for us. Um I mean, really, realistically, for us, the that differential has only come in one of four weeks so far. What do you mean? Like the- having double Liverpool instead of having one and Mane. Yeah, no, it's been net negative. It's been horrible. It's been bad. It's been net negative, but it hasn't been that bad. Uh, pretty bad. I mean, feels many- bad. And Mane's on thirty nine. Robbo's on 32. I don't know. The, I, don't I guess know. it feels bad because the other mid in your case hasn't come through. Like the you know cheap mid that you're saving the money on has not come through. Whereas for me, I guess like I have someone like Lucas and I feel really good about that. But Ozil obviously didn't come through. I don't know. It's hard to... We should check check into that. I don't know how to weigh that up, to be honest. But... Yeah, speaking of Ozil, I mean, I still have him. He's I saved my transfer. He's definitely got to go. Beavis, absolute nightmare pick, definitely has to go. I mean, in the end, saving my free transfer netted me four points because I would have done De Gea to Ederson. So that felt like a big win for my week because not only did I get more points, but I have two frees, which is obviously great. But, yeah, I don't know. Overall... I am okay ish, but I have a big like double or triple move in the future going into game week five, probably. So mm-hmm. hopefully yeah. that and the, ca- the, sparks the Kearney me. injury. Yeah, Kearney too. injury hurts my depth. It's really annoying. And I got a really, really lucky Lucas assist. Um, it's a fucking weird week. I mean, Alonzo keeps hauling for me, which is fantastic. Arnie is unfortunately Dude, on West Ham. Suck. Alonso sucks. He couldn't even get 10 points. Fucking scrub. <laughs> Absolute scrub. I know. He's ridiculous. He's fucking terrible. What the fuck is he doing? It's crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's about it. So let me housekeeping. Um, 
Shout out to FMLPL Prize League slash Mug League leader for September so far, Matt Newbold, a.k.a. Unseen Academicals, up to a flying 74-pointer capping has. He fucking started Adama Traore. I mean, who who wouldn't start Traore? Not only own Traore, but start Traore, just legendary stuff. Shout out to the Goal Scorers Challenge League leader so far, Magic Mike, has seven goals picked in his first four what? game weeks. He's tied for first in the world. Seven? How is that even fucking possible? Well, he had a coon hattie. Yeah. And then I think Mane brace game week one and then one goal, one goal. Fuck him, dude. That's out of control. That's out of control. Seven <laughs> goals in four game weeks. We have like one. Yeah. And well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. And lastly, shout out the top of the FMLPL Public League, Martin Folland, a.k.a. Follies 11. Good job by you, Folly. And what about the winner from last last month? Because we fucked up. Oh, we did fuck up. It was Petro. It wasn't the other dude. It wasn't, uh, who was it? Aaron England, did I say on pod? I don't don't remember, yeah. Yeah, because if you sign up after the month has already started, you're ineligible to win the mug for that month, which I guess we should have made doubly clear for those who are new listeners and weren't around last season. But yeah, Petro, I mean, he, he basically led all month, ended up squeaking it out by like a fucking point. Because he captained Coon, uh, who blanked. And, uh, yeah, he got a great job by him. Mug is on the way to fucking Finland. <laughs> um, all right, let's go on. Where to begin? Um, I mean, people are still talking about Salon stuff. I don't, do you want to get, get into that? Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, we can start with Liverpool. Mm-hmm. They looked pretty bad. Pretty bad, generous. They were just bad. Yeah, they were just bad. They just it was easily the worst performance of the season from them. Not nothing really close to it. Yeah, they had basically kind of, twenty good minutes and seventy bad minutes. Yeah, it's kind of surprising. Honest, I mean, you know, they were talking about that Leicester game, kind of a tough place to go. A lot of I know Anfield rap. They were kind of dreading the trip, but you know, they, they've. I was expecting them to start getting a little bit better and improving from game week one. It's kind of gone the opposite direction. I feel like they've progressively looked worse each game. And, you know, UCL starting up, but regardless of this, you know, they, they came in with the, with the three points and they've got 12 from 12, all that matters. But from a fantasy perspective, it still looks like defense is good and Mane's good and, and Mo's good, but Mo maybe not as good. He's not finishing those chances. I mean, he had that one really, really good chance in opening 10 minutes or whatever, whenever that was on the clock, but I'm still just not even remotely considering well, shipping Salah out. Yeah, so the, the, there, I put down three questions because, yeah, you're right. A lot of people are like talking about this and it's on their mind. Oh, Furman on Slack with Mane matching Mo, why does Mane plus cousin Bob? Not equal, or he, I think he means be better, not equal, than Mo plus six million. Guilty pleasures on Slack. Super keen to hear both your takes on going no Salah on the wild card. I guess a lot of people are wild carding right now. And FPL ladder on Twitter Hazard and Mane versus Salah and seven and a half million. I think it's some, some good questions there. I mean, so why are you not considering like, Making funds on Salah and getting Mane and doing like a double move there or something. Like, why are you so steadfast on not doing that? It's just four weeks in and he's got fucking four returns in four weeks. I, I don't understand what the 
pressures are, everyone thinking that they're going to get ahead by doing that. I mean, there's 34 game weeks to go. We saw what Mo did last season, and he's on pace for 38 returns. He's not, if he's had Erickson so far with like one assist and zero goals, then we could talk about it. But he's returning very steadily, and the bonus points aren't there, and he's missing a lot of his big chances, but his stats are still off the page. And it's just a matter of time when he does bag a hat trick and he just looks really good. I don't think you're gaining anything by doing that. And, you know, Hazard, yeah, he looks okay getting a 7 5. Like all those little double two player combinations looking at, you can, you know, take preference into it, into account. But the other fact of the matter still is that, you know, Salah's owned by over 50% of the players in the game. He's owned by fucking everyone and their dog. And, Understood that you know they've got Spurs, Chelsea, City, three of the next four, but I don't like to plan transfers in advance and say, okay, well these four, I'm only going to captain them game week six, home Southampton. No one else is going to captain them. These three, I'm going to have these two players for four game weeks. Then I'm going to do another switch. You have to double switch because you're spending the money. You're going to end up taking hits, and if you value each transfer at four points, you know it's just it getting rid of players that are returning after we already you know spent all of our money doesn't make sense to me no one no one has no other problems in their team besides someone who's returning every week which is not a problem i just think it's overthinking i think it's genuinely just overthinking the game yeah i think so too and it's the type of logic that is leading people to pick mane over salah and mane is obviously a great pick neither of us would dispute that he's not a great pick but People are talking about it as if Mane is going to go on and score like 35 goals this season, and Mo is going to be, you know, put up 10 goals and be the second man. It's just not, that's not realistic at all. Like, stats don't tell the full story, but stats will tell you that Mane is way overperforming his, his like underlying shots and XG and all that stuff. And Mo is just racking up. Stats out of control, like still leading the league in XG, still leading the league in XA. Like you can't ask for much more than four returns in four game weeks, and with the underlying stats to back it. But yeah, I mean, I, I think it's interesting. It's it's one of those things where there will be people who succeed, I'm sure, with going without Mo, who just nail their captains every week and and make two really good picks who end up flying. You know, Hazard, and you pick, you know, someone that. It just returns regularly at the seven point five million spot, which is hard to do. But yeah, it's. I, I think I still agree with you. I think it's just way overcomplicating things. He's well, just, the other thing yeah. too that bothers me is people are are looking at the fixtures and saying they have three hard fixtures and four. There are three hard fixtures for Liverpool because they're not like West Ham and and Wolves or whatever. They're they're a few of the top teams in the division, but. We have the entire year last year of sample size that they were scoring goals at will against top four opposition, top six opposition. From an attacking standpoint, for Liverpool in the the league, there is no bad fixture. So that is something also I think needs to be considered. So yeah, that's a really good point too. I mean, like it's a bad fixture in the sense that it's hard for Liverpool to pick up three points, but from a fantasy perspective. It's not at all a bad fixture, right? I mean, that's what you're saying. It's like you go at Leicester, Puel is really good at setting up a defense, really good at killing games. Like, Leicester will harass you and make the game terrible. And 
that stuff. You go away to like, you know, a top team, they're going to play football. There's going to be more space. There's going to be room to counter and all that stuff. And yeah, I think that that is a really, really good point that I feel like no one's talking about. That's like, why are those bad fixtures in just because they're red? I feel like people are like, those fixtures are terrible. Like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point by you. Good job by you. It's interesting, Liverpool. No, I, I just, I still, f- I understand because totally we, understand. We're just looking at things from four weeks. Amane's top of the midfield point getter so far, but again, I'm. You mentioned Salah's stats. He's clearly the main man on the team. I mean, Mane does have an offside goal that was ridiculous. If you, you know, you take some, you take like seven off, and then he's back down to the pack. It's. It's just it's, it doesn't seem like that's where you're going to get ahead to me. It seems like that's where you're going to absolutely get fucked and tank your tank your life because if Mo bags a brace and you don't own him, you know, in any of these three difficult fixtures or whatever, that's just a lot. That's a lot of points that you're going to be dropping because he's owned by everyone. Yeah, yeah. Even though it seems like a lot of people are getting rid because of like the hype and the wild card and no Salah, blah blah blah. It's that's never the case. I mean, it's very mid- much the vocal minority one yes. percent on wildcard right now talking about it. It's right. not most people, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. It's the opposite of most people. Yeah. Um, right. yeah, it's a good good point. The defense is still good. I mean, Allison fucked us, but defense is very and, and Robo too. I mean, I've seen a lot of people skimping on Robo and going Trent instead of to save the million. I, I don't mind it that much, but it's hard to argue with Robbo's consistency so far. He's got 32 points in four games. Averaging eight points a week is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I think it's okay. Uh, saving a million there is a lot more reasonable, I think, than than you know going with a different attacker over Salah or something like that, just because the majority of the points are the cleans, and that's yeah. what you can expect. And Trent's not going to get a yellow card every week that'll like strip him from any chance of bonus and all that stuff. But I do think I, I forget who it was on Slack shouted like maybe this Champions League period, this difficult September for Liverpool is is going to be where owning VVD actually comes in, which I think is also an interesting take because there's probably going to be some rotation in September. There just like kind of has to be. They have a match every three days and tough Champions League matches, whereas like the center backs, especially VVD, I wouldn't expect to get rotated in any match. So that's an interesting take on things, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And you can kind of blanket that across all of the Champions League participants. We're gonna we're gonna see a couple of players missing here in games here and there. Whether the manager decides for them not to play that group game depending on who they have like in the first game in the group or whatever or, or yeah. a league game. We're gonna have to get ready for that. So having you know having players on the benches is pretty good. Yeah, I've, I actually have been seeing a lot of wildcard teams that just have garbage on the bench, so, like players you don't play, like Quainer, Kamara, like fucking Foros who don't play, and I'm just like, bro, like <laughs> you're, you're yeah, your eleven is really sexy and good, but like players on the bench are very important, especially like right now. Yeah, you need like two options. You need at least two options. You you, you don't want to start them, but they no. should be playing every week and be able to come in for you and and yeah. do do a thing. Um, Spurs are sort of interesting to talk about. I mean, 
a lot of people wrote in, like Jack on Slack said, what are we doing about Ericsson Walsh? Are we still holding him? Doesn't feel great. And Noka on Twitter said, Ericsson was an easy set and forget before the season started. Stats are okay, but already itching to get the likes of Haz and Mane in. What do you, what do you make Ericsson, I mean, as an owner? Certainly part of the reason why my rank is diabolical is because I've had Ericsson for four weeks. There's no doubt about that. But he's still got 13 shots. He's still creating some shit, and he just hasn't been working for him. I, I'm If I didn't have a Liverpool spot, if I had an open Liverpool spot and I could just do a straight swap there to Mane, I don't know if there's really a defense to not doing that at this point based on how Mane's looked and what Ericsson's yeah. been up to. Same with, I mean, Hazard's in a different price bracket. He's like one, he's over a million more, 1.2 more than Ericsson right now. That's, that's also, you know, it, with Hazard on pens and the way he's been looking under Sari, which is, a, is better than he ever has under Conde by my eye. Granted, it's only been like two games. That's also a pretty difficult defense for keeping Ericsson over Hazard. Yeah, so. I think so too. The main thing is it's just kind of squad based, and I'm I'm personally still kind of fine holding Erickson. Again, this is four games in. There's 38 game weeks in the season. I'm playing FPL for years and years and years, four years running, three years running. Every year he finishes with 200 plus points. I expect him to do the same thing, or right around 200 points. I should say. I expect him to do the same thing this season. And the minute that you get rid is when he starts bagging in some points. So. It's kind of stubborn at this point, just because the returns have been so ridiculously bad through four game weeks. But and he's you know off a lot of the indirect set pieces, the corners, what have you. But I mean, I'm going to save this week and you know see how he goes against Liverpool. They still have some pretty decent fixtures after five. But I think you know as an Ericsson owner, he's definitely on a short list. I don't have a lot of issues in my team otherwise, and you know. I could find two points per game out of billing. I mean, I could I could say five million from Erickson and get the same point out. But so it's you know he's got to start showing some signs. He's got to got to put something in because the the points are just absolutely not there. There are no points. I mean, they, no the points. stats were really good in game weeks one through three. His stats were shockingly bad. I think against Watford, yeah, but, but Spurs were shockingly bad against Watford. I mean, they had eleven shots, only two were on target. Erickson had four shots. Fucking, they're all just like Pogba, Neves shots from no man's land, no chance of ever scoring them. It was a really, really bad performance from Spurs on on all levels. I, yeah, I mean, I feel like it's one of the hardest things in the fucking game is to like hold the long term guys in the midst of red arrows. You know, it's like ah, it's so hard to do. I and mean, neither of us did it last season with Kev or with. Firmino or whatever. I mean, you you held Firmino for a long time. It's not fair, but yeah, I I don't know what I would do with Erickson. I mean, saving seems right, and you don't really have. I mean, like I guess Arnie would be more of a priority probably for your team. Like me, just looking at your starting eleven, I feel like I would prioritize like moving on Arnie before Erickson. But Erickson's definitely next, right? Um. Maybe I don't know. I'm. I'm. Yeah, those two players are worries for me. I yeah. feel extremely settled with my back five. I have no anticipation of touching them for a little while. And you know, David looked really good. I think he's going to be a good pick. Pedro, I expect to come back in. I think he'll be okay. And yeah, Erickson's getting no fucking points. It's really frustrating. Obviously, when he's supposed to be a really safe 
floor kind of a guy, and his fucking ceiling is two points right now. So it's yeah, it's it's just frustrating. You know, it's it's the yeah. kind of thing that you can't predict before the season starts. That's you know, the season starts it's like all right, he's gonna have one assist through four game weeks. It's just like what. But that's where we are. Yeah, I think if I, I mean, obviously wild carding, he's absolutely nowhere near my team. That's not even someone I would tinker with. There's no consideration. But I think, you know, people were talking about him playing deep, which is obviously unfounded. We looked at his average position from last season. It's identical to where it is this season. But the main thing is, you know, Lucas comes in, he's playing striker, Kane's dropping deeper. It's just Spurs look weird. I don't know. I don't know like game to game. It's just sometimes he plays with the back three and then everyone seems to be in different I don't, I don't I'm having a tough read on Spurs honestly. Like normally I just yeah, feel, I feel like, like it comes down to Kane way more than like Lucas because Kane is just Kane is where he gets his assist from That's one. where he and gets the majority of assists. He's teed him up this season two and or three not times. gotten assists from from those those opportunities and like yeah, it's weird because Kane is still so good at scoring his, you know, one or two chances a game, or or just getting one or two really good chances per game. Like Watford, he did nothing, but he got that one chance at the end of the game that he put over. But he's not the same Kane. There's no like like Spurs fans will say the same thing. He's not the same Kane. So I wonder if like combination of that and the combination of like you know losing out on majority of corners and stuff like that. But at the same time. I'm sure of it. I didn't actually look back, but I'm sure in the last three seasons, Erickson had plenty of stretches where he had one assist through four games. Oh, I a thousand percent. There's no like, question there's about no that. There's no question. No. Bet the house that's happened multiple oh, yeah. times. No, happens. Yeah, yes, hundred percent. The thing with Erickson that is, we I mean, we're talking too much about Erickson because no one in their right mind has him besides like me. I'm a fucking <laughs> idiot. But he he doesn't. Go through spurts of hauls. Like he'll go through two months where he's getting, you know, six to nine pointers for six games out of nine or six games out of 10. And it's that volume where he gets all the points at the end of the season. So that's why I'm also just thinking he's a purely class, he's a class player. There's no question about it. No and question. I'm just like, he's going to get out of this funk. It's been four fucking games and he hasn't done it. I mean, thank God he has one assist. He could have he could have fucking eight points on the season. Yeah. I'd be even more suicidal than I am already. You know, yeah. I just I feel like he's a problem just because he's not getting points right now. But he's not a problem because he's fucking good and he's gonna get points somehow, some way. He does every season. He's yeah. he's not unfit. He looks fit as fuck. He's running all over the place. He's, he's just good. not. He's really he's good. good. Yeah, yeah he's I want good, I so. like want you to hold him because I want it to work out so badly because it will come good eventually, but. It's just how long can you yeah. hold a player that's over nine million? That's it. And the other, I mean, the really other tough. psychological thing. I mean, after I fucking, I don't want to say these words out loud because we might have new listeners. But after I captained him game week two, uh. and then I was that was that was when I was like psychologically broken, and I was tran- looking at how many different ways to transfer him out. And when I finally came to the realization, like no. I picked him before the season for a reason. I'm going to hold him. Like I'm still in that mindset. I'm like I'm going to hold him. He's going to come good and everything's going to be peaches and cream. So He's going to he's going to come good, dude. Uh Ollie looks like fucking shit. Lucas looks like a good pick. Definitely a, a hold until Swan comes back from South Korea. Yeah. 
You gotta, you gotta be happy with Lucas, though. and that's been you. You also, after game week one, you were like, ah, Lucas, and then he gets yeah, after he gets subbed on like six minutes or whatever, yeah. he's the second highest scoring mid in the game. I mean, that was my, that's my fucking big, big successful call of the season so far. I think. I mean, oh, like yeah. we were both all over heavy defense and Coon, and that felt. Those are things that felt very obvious to us, and I feel like obvious to the majority of our listeners and stuff. But Lucas was definitely like a rogue, like day before deadline, mad scientist game week one pick. That's yeah. that's flown for me. So yeah, that's I feel great th- about yeah. that. That's another thing, just as an aside, that has just been infuriating me to no end. I, I think this is the lowest I've ever been ranked after game week, after game week four, maybe. No, but, I mean game week four. Yeah, I'm usually like. 250k. Really? Okay. At the worst by game week four. I just honestly. feel like it's still so erratic. Like it's, you could have yeah, one it, week and go up 400k. No, no, it is. But anyway, it doesn't matter about this. But I keep fucking looking at my team and looking at other teams that are OR like 12k, and I have like two different players. I'm like, what am I doing? Like yeah, I have all right. the same players. How am I? Like, do, I, I we started on heavy defense, and now everyone have, has every defense for it, and where there's no differential. They're like started with Aguero, like like Mo. It's like. Or I, just, I just don't even know, dude. Fuck. And so, oh, one thing I want to talk about. I feel like we need to talk about forwards because I think I was like kind of thinking, you know, it's international break, everyone's bugging, and it's kind of time to chill. But there's been a lot of sea change with the forwards, more so than the other positions. I feel like from players we were really considering pre-game week one to like who's emerged. Yeah, let like me. Just I, have kind three, of I have three big relevant questions on like cheap strikers and stuff like that. So. Very relevant. Dr. Scrot on Slack. Is that a new guy? I do not recognize that name at all. Is Dini real life because every FPL player on earth has been fucked silly by him in the past? Callum Wilson style. Halfy on Slack. Can we talk about cheap strikers? Is there suddenly a few decent options? Wilson, Mitro, Ingzi, Dini, Glenner, House of Murray. Who do you like for the medium term as Arnie slash Zaha replacements? And Chucky on Slack. Can you... Can you discuss both keeping and dropping Arnie after the Everton game? Sure, West Ham looked terrible, but he still performs. Then again, there are plenty of options. His fixtures improved big time in a month, but I don't like the swap Swap and get back in a few weeks later tactic for mid-priced players. So yeah, I mean, there there are so many strikers, which is not something I would have guessed in the preseason. No, I, we were so far away from considering three strikers in our formation. Whether you know, yeah, last season three, there were three, none. Three, there were none. I you mean the best formations were three five two last season or whatever. But so I mean, Mitrovic definitely top of my my wish list there out of the like you know mid price to to cheap strikers. He's just doing it all. The stats are really good. Fulham are really attacking. They have really good supply in midfield. They just have a lot of quality out on the wing and, and in behind in the central areas. And you know, they have City this week, which is a not when you want to purchase him. <laughs> yeah, that's at, what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the main concern. But after City, you know they've got they've got good fixtures till November 11th when they go to Anfield game week 12. So those are, you know, they have six really, really good attacking fixtures. It's all in a row. And yeah, I think Mitro is incredible. Yeah, he seems like he's going to just be great. And, and you know, mentioning Arnie, we both have, I somehow like, feel like not a lot of people have Arnie anymore. I don't know what's going on. He's got two goals in four games. I guess he got subbed a couple times. He was knocked or whatever. But Arnie Dimitrovic after this week looks pretty, pretty good because Arnie's fixtures are bad. And also the team is not clicking in any way, shape, or form. But at Everton's such a good fixture. Yeah, you don't want to like, lose him versus. At Everton because it's so yeah. good, but you don't want any part of West Ham for home Chelsea, home United, at Brighton, home Spurs, at Leicester. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculously all bad. bad. And, 
Wilson, I still feel like is is a good pick, and people that have already jumped on him are wild credit already, and they have him. And he's a very very clear hold. I mean, they have some really good attacking fixtures coming up now that the Chelsea game's out of the way. But you know, between him and Mitrovic, I, I think Mitrovic is just a better player. Um, what, what do you think? And then I mean, Dean is a fucking joke. I can't. No, no. I, answer is, I agree on no. Callum. I, he just misses. He he has a howler a game minimum. <laughs> like it's ridiculous. But yeah, I mean the the bulk of chances kind of similar to Mitchell are, are falling to Callum and Bournemouth have been really good to start the season. Sort of under the radar, just like really good attacking, not that bad defensively, which is. Weird for them, but yeah, Callum seems like a good pick. I don't know. I don't think Deeney is diabolical, and Watford are good. And I think it's diabolical. You think it's diabolical? Okay, yeah. why? <laughs> I don't buy. I do not Fat buy Drake. Watford. What? Fat Drake. Fat Drake. I don't buy Watford in. I wouldn't buy stock in Watford like if it was given to me for free. I, I think that they're just off to a little little flash in the pan, hot start. And they're going to just start falling down to the table where they belong. I mean, it's there's not it is not incorrect that like why many people and pundits are or tipping them to be relegated. I mean, they they're they're coming together well right now, but you know who have they beaten? Obviously, Spurs was a good scalp to take, but I mean, really, that was just down to Decore and and Capu just bossing midfield, and they you know they look good, but. It's fucking Watford. Like they're not. It's Watford. I, you know, it's four games in again. It's like why people are talking about removing Salah. It's like let's let's revisit this in a couple of months and see where they where they're at. I just don't buy them at all. It's I don't know. I, I just don't see it. And when you're looking at other teams that are way more cohesive, like attack wise, like Bournemouth and Fulham, both of their attacks in general have looked so much better than Watford in terms of like creating chances. And just like what they're doing in the final third, I, I feel like they're just both better. So, I mean, Dini, even I would rather have Glenn Murray probably. Even I mean, he he puts things away. I think Glenner Glenner's a good pick too. I, I think <laughs> That's Dini's the thing with just, all these guys. I think that majority of them are all good picks. Is, is the crazy thing? I just think Dini's like so far and away below any of the other guys in this price bracket. Is kind of what I'm what I'm getting at. I see. Yeah. I mean, I. I'm definitely way higher on Watford than you are. I don't think, obviously, they're not like top f- fucking wherever they are, top three team right now. That's ridiculous. They That will not last all season. But I think they're just like good and really balanced. And Gracia has been good in his limited time last season. Watford got better. And they're just like a solid, balanced side who, you know, they're not like, Bad anywhere, which is really but weird. Dude, last for- year they were good until they won. They took four points out of their last thirty or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, they I- were ridiculously bad at the end of last season. I mean, they were on the beach, I guess, because they hit the forty point mark. But it was it was relegation form for sure for a long time last season. Yeah, absolutely. And that that will probably come again because that's what Watford do every season. But. I don't know. I mean, like missing Capu was really bad for them last season, and their defense was all over the shop. And you have to like it takes time to get rid of everything that Marco Silva teaches a, de- a defense probably to shake all that off before you're remotely competent at all. And they they just look pretty good. I mean, Dini's not good pick. I think I agree with you. I'd have everyone we just listed ahead of him, but he's on Even pens. He has he's had two good seasons before. You know, like in fantasy relevant seasons in the past and 
his stats aren't that bad, and yeah, I think he's okay. But Ugh, God, yeah, he's just Glenner is good too. Yeah, I mean, Glenner. Enough, I don't know what's yeah. Like I've, I don't know I've, what for, he. I want to do what he does in the off season because he's just old as fuck, and he just comes in and does Glenner things, and I'm just like, what is Glenner he's just doing? Classy. He's, he's just like old fucking like. Berbatov class. He just like it looks like he does nothing, exactly nothing in the offseason. He just looks like a balding dad, and, and then he just he's just good. Like he just converts chances. He's probably back on pens after Grob fucking took the worst pen of his life. I mean, ridiculous. But the the thing that and you've said this a lot about Brighton in the past is you only really want them for home games. And their next three are at Southampton, which is okay. Home Spurs at City, both very bad. Then they have a good run after that. I wouldn't want someone like Glenner until they're they're in a good run of fixtures. And then I think he's like he's a good hold in, in a good <laughs> oh it's God. ridiculous to say. I mean, but like it's, what are we talking about? He scored about? twelve goals for a reason last season and they, they draw a pen they draw a lot of pens. They drew two pens this week and yeah, Glenner's just What the fuck are we talking about? He's just kinda about? good. Huh? Yeah, it's crazy. It's actually crazy, but he's just good at football. There's nothing else to really say about it. He's just good at football. Alright, God. I don't I have to leave it alone there. And then, you know, Ings also he's five six now, but he's fine. Yeah, Ings is a good pick. I mean, yeah, still, still an enabler. Yeah. Re- really bad fixtures. I mean, for the most part, Liverpool and Chelsea in the next four. Um, yeah, he just, I mean, he just shoots a fucking ton. He's, he's oh, wait, gonna I, get. He can't even play against Liverpool. No, he's uh, that's part of the loan. He's he's yeah. red flag for Liverpool. Oh, okay, so that makes him even worse to buy right now. It's like. He's only going to yeah, play. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Game week six, he's going to be a blanking. But in you know, in general, he's five five or whatever. It's been a while since we have had an actual five five, like fairly reasonable starter at forward. So he's good. Yeah, it's been forever. I mean, he's and not then, just an enabler; he can come in and play for you sometimes. And, yeah, a rotator. Uh, and then, I mean, not only the the budget guys, though, but I also like you know, Laka came in and he looked really good. I mean, he's nine four. What do you yeah, think about Laka? Do you think he's going to emerge right now? A toilet tinker on, on Slack. He asked actually one trillion questions, so I only chose one. But he said, are there any strikers over 7 million who are worth it besides Aguero? Which is interesting because I haven't really thought about that since you know before game week one when we were tinkering with all Aguero and 7 millioners. But there's really like not that much in between 7 million and Kuhn still, which is it's crazy. But... Yeah, I mean, everyone who was listening to the pod in the preseason knows my thoughts on Laka. Remember, I went absolutely nuts on Laka, flipping <laughs> yeah. out. He was like, "I should go. I should like pull the audio from that, maybe from the preseason Slice pod." It in. He's so good. I mean, he it, not only is he so good and and has you know the history of being good and you know was strong at the end of last season and all that stuff, but he played the position. That we thought he might play in preseason when I was going crazy about him, where yeah. like he was, uh, was by the far the furthest forward player on all of Arsenal and Central. Yeah, yeah. Abba was as deep as like fucking Gwendouzi. Rambo was further forward than than Abba, and yeah, I mean he just had silly stats. Laka three chances created, twelve touches in the box, five shots, four of them in the box, like. You know, obviously he's not going to score that worldy. That's a one in a million goal, but 
if he gets that many chances and creates that many chances every week, he's going to be regularly scoring. It's just the nailedness. Yeah, so the, that's the thing I'm just looking at and considering. At Newcastle, we know is not a good fixture for goals. No. Especially for a team like Arsenal and Emery and his teeth, it just does, doesn't know what's <laughs> happening. But after, the thing I'm like, okay, if they struggle at Newcastle, which I expect they will have a little bit of a difficult time, it would not surprise me in the least after whatever the fuck they thought they were doing against Cardiff, that they would draw at Newcastle. Is he going to fuck around again and put some different shit out on game week six? Yeah, probably. That's in the back of my mind, you know? I think that's likely. I mean, like, yeah. They really, there was that nacho chance in the 14th minute or 15th minute or something. Excluding that one shot, that one chance, Arsenal did nothing. They, they like boss possession and all that shit, but they created no big chances whatsoever. Like it took absolute worldies to bail them out and get three points. And Cardiff are way worse and way less organized than Newcastle. So, I mean, Arsenal were. Shocking this weekend. So that was an bad. Absolutely shocking performance. So bad. Yeah, the worst Arsenal performance I can remember. Like, which says a lot because they've had some bad ones already. In four games in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. People are asking Dark Grill on like Laka or Obs or Zero Ars Cast until we know about their first eleven. I'm mean, Zero is very very viable. <laughs> and Stefan on Twitter said. Should I sub Ozil and be happy I only lost two million in value, or sub Ozil and curse his club, his name, and his immune system in perpetuity? Ozil, yeah. Ozil is absolute must transfer out. You you cannot hold him anymore. Must he's, transfer out. There's no there's no rationale for keeping him anymore. No, I mean, he's playing no. on the wing. We see the system. It's he's not playing. He needs to be playing a ten and being on all indirect set pieces for him to be able to get the stats. And, and like he's, he's doing neither. Doing, he's doing neither of those things. So he must go. There's no question about that. Aubameyang, we'll touch in a sec, but with Locke, I just feel like, you know, it's so risky because you're playing fixtures over form with literally every single Arsenal attacker. We saw Mkhitaryan get rotated, and I would be very surprised if he started next game. I mean, they got three points at Cardiff. I feel like he's going to play the same attack. I mean, Ramsey gives him something with the press, and I don't know. I, Mkhitaryan, I think, is also not as urgent out as Ozil, but a very bad pick right now, I think. Because if he's getting rotated, then there's no reason to have him. Yeah, Abba's the only attacker who started all four, right? Is that and, Yeah, wrong? and the, the thing, no, that's correct. The, the thing with Abba also is bringing me on to the next thing is I'm starting to get some feels for Rom. United, by far best performance I've seen. I saw this weekend was United's performance. I mean, Burnley are ridiculous. Joke. They played on. They played on Thursday, but I was. We were talking in Slack, and I was saying like this is the exact. I saw this game twenty times last season when they would play a mid-table or lower side and just be in complete cruise control the whole game. And I mean, the goals were so easy, and they just looked like. They were last season when they finished second in the, in the division. Or and he, he probably should have scored two more also. Oh, yeah. He had a clean on the keeper that he only a donkey from Belgium would be able to fuck up, not named Benteke. And it's just like he's good and he's kind of like an Ericsson pick where if you hold him, you know that he's never going to not start when he's fit. I mean, Mourinho fucking rides him. It's ridiculous. And he just stands there in the box and gets crosses onto his head on plates. I mean, he had so many chances, and he looked just like fine, you know, Rom, normal Rom. I feel like him over Obs right now is kind of great. And if I had Obs, I would think about that move. I really would because 
Hobson Arsenal just are a fucking kind of a huge mess. And I feel like United are just going to trend are trending upwards, and they also have pretty good fixtures coming up. I like Rom, I like Rom a lot. Yeah, it's. I'd also be very scared as an Arsenal owner. I mean, sorry, an Aubameyang owner that we do see the same lineup or something very similar to it against Newcastle. And if that's the lineup going forward, then OBS cannot be excused for eleven million. I mean, you're not getting a. Fucking, he was like tracking back all the way to left back at times. You yeah, know, he like he was playing reverse out of position. Reverse out of position. He touched the ball in the box three times. He took two shots. You know, he scored a worldie. He's capable of scoring worldies, and so is fucking Alonso, who gets points for clean sheets, and Obama doesn't. And yeah, I think Rom is a absolutely good pick. I mean, someone. Was it Adam, maybe, on Slack, posted a tweet that was like, Rom, like being a flat track bully, these are the last, what it was a lot of games, last 15 games or, or something that Rom has scored in, and every team he played against, including the World Cup, was just absolutely diabolical. He doesn't score against good teams, but that's fine, because he doesn't have any good teams for you know the next four games, and in the next eight games, he only has one, you know, so that's... If and that's Chelsea, he always likes to go over there. Yeah, and if that's his record, like, and he helps get you get United three points in all the games where they're quote unquote supposed to pick up three points, and he's doing a good job, you know, like so. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one. I never really, I haven't really considered getting him in, but yeah, I mean, they looked good. I think dropping Fred and Herrera was massive Ugh, in terms yeah. of not just quality, but chance creation and and just interplay and all of those things and yeah Lingard back to life and Alexis had a huge game four chances created two big chances created and yeah I mean against bad teams if they're looking like that and playing with that lineup but Rom should be returning United look so good the performance was just it was just professional cruise control dominating I mean even though they went to 10 men fucking Rashford lost it and pulled to Richarlison but yeah Playing yeah, Fellaini, Fellaini match. Yeah, I, Frederick. It is telling that the second Frederick leaves leaves the team, they put big Afro in, and it's just like, oh yeah, like no one's getting through this. Like you can cross it in for seven hundred minutes, and you're not going to get anything in there. Well, yeah, and I mean, just, it's a huge asterisk, I think, because it's Burnley. But if we're comparing odds to Rom, they played Cardiff. <laughs> you know, so yeah, exactly. That's the thing is there are more the thing, Burnleys yeah. in the division than there are Man City. So you know, that's. I just I don't know. I, I really was really impressed by United this weekend and I feel like they're trending upwards and I think that they're gonna start banking points. I think that they're gonna be okay. Um Yeah, I like Rom I like Rom a lot. I for me like me personally, my team, I'm nowhere near him. He doesn't come close to Kuhn as an option, for example, like this, but you know, for teams that have, you know, structured two elevens or whatever or if you are going complete flair with no Salah on wild card, I would take a very, very long, hard look at Rom. Because the other thing which is nice about Rom is he is a very dependable rotating captaincy option because, as you mentioned, we know that he does well against poor sides, which is when we want to captain players. Yep. Yep. United at Watford. Interesting. Interesting game coming up. I think that's going to be like another two 0 I think United are going to just walk that they game. They should just dominate. But I, I don't think it's, maybe Watford will be... pull another fucking rabbit out of their ass. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I don't think it's going to be competitive. I think it's going to be a, it's going to it's going to be a dominating performance yeah, by should. United. Yeah. Um, 
So Mayo on Slack says, now that Burnley is out of Europa, when do you anticipate them actually being good and how long do you think the hangover will be in defense? Oh, Burnley. I, I don't feel like there's enough incentive to buy. I would rather wait and see. I would need maybe two, maybe three performances where they're back to the old, you know, bus fox looking for one nils. Main problem is the, the fixtures are not pretty and they have a lot of their good fixtures away, which we knew from and know well from last season that they do not get many clean sheets away. Usually they're homes and, you know, the, the home, they just don't have a really good run coming up. Um, you know, they do right now for the next four, but the other issue is they're priced at five, not four or five anymore. I mean, you're going to tell me that any player on Burnley is better than Luke Shaw. I mean, I can't listen to that. And, you know, Pereira over on, on Leicester with the good fixtures at five. It's just there, there's no reason to go there. I, yeah, I don't, that's what I think too. I, yeah. I mean, it's I guess just, like Hart, if, if Hart still has a job at four or five, like you're wild carding and you, you, know, you want a four or five or a rotator, maybe there's a rotating team with him at four or five, four or five. Yeah, but you go, he's he not like, even nailed. Like, no, he's not. But I mean, he's been, he's been fine. He's been totally fine. Save the pen this weekend. He's, he's not been their problem. Yep. Yeah. It's just I mean, weird he's just to, as old as Heaton, you know. It's not like Heaton, they have incentive to rush him back. I mean, Heaton's basically the same thing as Hart, you know. So while Pope's out, I feel like he'll keep playing. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I have no idea. And Burnley makes bad defenders look okay, and apparently they make bad goalkeepers look okay too. But, yeah, there's just no reason. There's You're spot on there. We just don't have the incentive. I mean, like, before game week one... If they weren't in Europa, then you could say, okay, I'm going to back a Burnley horse for a long term. But right now, I just uh, I don't see the point. There's there's four O guys that are there's Juan B enablers. Like we all have money. I mean their their squad is so awful. Yeah, I mean there's no there's also uh, so to, bad. second part of that question. There's absolutely no guarantee that they return to Burnley of old. I, they they could easily get relegated or finish sixteenth and just be bad all season. Like their numbers have always suggested they're bad. They're not playing with a lead. It's they're, they're not they're not they're definitely bad. good. You know, this, we're not talking yeah. about like United off to a slow start. It's like they're Burnley. Yeah, they finished seventh last season, but they're not like fucking good. They're far from good. They're, they're very bad. God, I, I, if they got relegated, I would just be ecstatic. That would be good. I'd love that. It'd be great for the league. Um, so we don't have to answer the first part of this next question, but CK Kramer on Slack said, is there a case for bringing in Burnley slash Leicester assets? At least the next four fixtures seem decent. So Burnley, we don't have to talk about. Leicester... I think are very interesting to talk about. And there's a lot of Leicester questions. Uh, Joe Walsh on Twitter also said, Leicester got a nice run of fixtures and look good against Liverpool. Who do you like from them? And FPL Lewis on Twitter said, I'm really liking the fixtures for Vardy. Is he worth a punt at 3% owned? So yeah, Leicester, Leicester, very interesting. I think Very, yeah, I very interesting, yeah. Mentioned prayer earlier, Chilla also at five. I mean, they seem kind of like the same, just playing on different sides of the pitch. But, you know, it's... It's still, you know, I, I think Shaw is the best five million option in the game, and we all have at least two of like Mendy, Trent, Robbo, Van Dyke, Alonzo. It's just how how many? We only have five defenders. We don't have eight. You know, we're not playing like Sky game or whatever. So I don't know how you fit the players in. 
It's a bit of a punt, I think, if you go defense there, just because, as mentioned, you know, we have top four, top six teams, defenders who are right there in reach. You know, there's no real bargain, but I, I don't mind it. What do you think about defense? Yeah, I mean, sneak preview to like not even this pod, but next pod. But I'm I'm definitely getting rid of Bavis. He's an yeah, absolutely horrible pick, and the Leicester guys are definitely in my mind. I mean, watching the Liverpool Leicester game closely, listening back to the Anfield rap and all that shit. I mean, they were right on their estimation of the game. You know, I was wrong in my lineup lambs when I said like, oh, the numbers were good against lost two Puel, whatever. They're very reminiscent to me of, of Puel's Southampton season where they couldn't really find goals. They were terrible to watch, but they were good at pressing. They were like solid defensively. Forster was really good that season. Bertrand was, Bertrand was really good that season. No, no attackers were viable that season, but they finished like third in clean sheets. They were above like City, Arsenal, Liverpool, and Cleans, and they were just hard to break down, annoying team that finished. I think they finished seventh that year and made it to a League Cup final. And and Leicester just have probably more talent than that team. Not, not I, I probably, just, definitely. Definitely. And I just see a similar sort of thing happening. I mean, they were just so tough to break down. And anytime they, they strangled possession out of Liverpool, then they were good enough to keep possession and they were good enough to counterpress to to stop, you know, a a breakaway and and all that stuff and I just feel like they're way above uh, you know barring if Shaw retains his place all season I think they're like probably way above every other not top six team in terms of like you can trust them defensively and when you look at their fixtures from game week five this this game week through game week 15 it's ridiculously insanely good and so I think yeah, I think the cleans are good to back, but I'm I don't trust the attack at all. I have to say. Yeah, I I, I like the similarities that you're shouting to Puel's Southampton team because there are definitely some similarities that we're seeing already. But I still think Madison at six five is a is a very reasonable punt. Looking at the fixtures, it's a little annoying that he hasn't finished ninety yet, but. His stats are somewhat medium, but he's very clearly the main man and the player that's kind of the, the danger man in the middle of the pitch and, and, and as they get to the edge of the attacking third. And stats also maybe a little bit misleading because they've had two really, really tough games out of four so far. And as you say, you know, the fixtures for from now until December 8th, game week 16 home Spurs are all very, very good from an attacking standpoint. Um, so I, I feel like Madison's a very acceptable punt. Um, someone like you're looking to get rid of McTarian, Pedro scares you off a little bit because he didn't start last game. Madison would be the next name I would be looking at, I think. A little bit of fixtures over form there, but Madison's got class and he looks good, and I feel like that's something you could do. See if he if he starts hitting stride in the next three, four games. The fixtures just couldn't be better. For I mean, at Newcastle and Seven. Yeah, they couldn't be little, better. I guess... I guess at, yeah. what- I guess I, I totally understand and hear everything you're saying. I guess I want to see it first, and yeah, the stats have been fair. bad. And, and and I think you're totally right to say that the fixtures have been really bad, also, and that and that's definitely part of it. But like we all know, his goal was complete bullshit. luck yeah. against Wolves, and then his assist against Liverpool was the yeah, you know bullshit. ridiculous bullshit. I I, yeah. I just want to see it yeah. before I go to Madison because I I get I just get so much. Well, 
Quellness out of this team, yeah. and it's just like I mean, Matt, that Matt was the year when we all had Redmond game week one, and that was <laughs> yeah. you know Toddish was a nightmare, and JWP was a nightmare, and Chaz was really the only pick that ever returned any points, and then he died after five game weeks. But Puel will Puel will ruin everything for a team and from a fantasy perspective, and I totally feel like he's he's Puelling very hard this season so far as well. Okay, so. Granted, Madison could have eight points right now. Two, 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 two. That's yeah, fine. That's fine. I do not agree with how much you're bashing on Puel's negative impact on the offense. I think you're underestimating how absolutely horrible the attacking players and skill was that he had at Southampton. I think yeah, it was right, disgusting. Right, right. Yeah, it was yeah. A disgusting upgrading just Vardy and Matto alone is, no, is I mean, ridiculous. I mean, upgrade, other but, than Tadic. Yeah. But, uh, but is Matto really that much better than Tadic? No, no, they're probably I, about that, the same. But I'm saying in the Southampton team, other than Tadic, who, as we know, had insane, insane underlying stats every season that he was there with Puel. I mean, it's other only one Ta- season, but yeah, yeah, whatever. But other than the one season, fine, fine, sorry, sorry. But other than that, I mean, the, the team was so bad for Southampton, and the attacking third is just ridiculous. But I, they have, they have good, they have just a good team overall, and I feel like. They're going to be able to boss midfield, and like you mentioned, you know, the defense is going to be probably keeping some cleans. I just feel like Maddo at six five is more on my thoughts as well because you know we have McTarian, we have Pedro questionable, we have Charleston still out. I mean that price bracket needs someone, and no one's like, ooh, which nine million striker should I get from a mid table team? You know, we're like, which mid price midfielder can I get on my team? Period. So that's why I just feel like there's not too much risk going six five with Madison, and that's the kind of thing that. Whereas like Burnley defense, there's nothing to gain by jumping in early. There is a lot to gain if you jump in early on mass and you get price rises. You have a potential long-term hold, not short or medium-term hold. Someone you could keep through Christmas. And you know, we talked about Madison a lot preseason and said like this is when we really were looking at him. Yeah, because yeah, we didn't absolutely. like those. We didn't like two of the first four fixtures, and he already has 18 points on the board four game weeks in. I mean, that's a really good return six and six games per six points per game. So. He's already doing it, and he's looked skillful and 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 good. I mean, the the assist and the goal are lucky, but yeah, I mean, his points right now mean absolutely nothing from my no, perspective. Nothing. No, that's fine. That's fine. And then I mean, Vardy eight nights, just like fucking get the fuck out of here with Vardy. Are we really going there? The thing with Matto also though is like, would you have him over the strikers we just named, or would you have him over any of the premium defenders that you just named? See, if I had to freeze and it's a perfect world situation, then probably not. I mean, I would want Alonso yeah. instead of him. But, but you know, if you have one free and you have fucking fires and you have an oak, like you still have, you know, you have Callum and Kuhn, and you're just like, that's fine. You know what I mean? It's like I, my problem is my mid price midfield spot, which is a lot of people. Everyone just Mctarian's been price rising every week. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. where you're looking for on a straight swap. Like that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Yeah. And like interesting. Theo's hurt. We haven't mentioned Theo. Like he's hurt. Yeah, so we need a lot of people him. have that place as that what's slot. their number one problem, and that's where I'm looking. Like Madison, I think would would be my uh, Pedro. What do you think about Pedro? I mean, you think he's going to come back? He scored. Do you think he's going to come back in? Yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those logic things, right? Which is like always very dangerous to just. Hope that the manager seems sees the same logic that you do. That usually ends up in tears, but it's ridiculous. I mean, like he was fucking really good. Three out of the four, you know, all three games. I mean, Newcastle was fucked up. Everyone was bad versus Newcastle for Chelsea, but he, Pedro was really, really good. Game weeks one and two, like standout attacker probably, and then dropped for Bournemouth. 
Willian was okay. He didn't like offer any goal threat. He created some chances, decent on set pieces, but then Pedro subs on and scores. I mean, yeah, it's it's very very logical that Pedro would go on and and start next game week and just be a great pick. But for someone like me who's like sort of considering going Ozil to Pedro, I'm I'm very scared of doing that. It's like. If you if you zoom out a little bit and look at it more macro, it's like I'm transferring in a player who didn't even fucking start last week. Like, how is that good? That doesn't seem good. <laughs> he played 68 minutes against Newcastle and then didn't start. Like, uh, I don't know if that's a good transfer. <laughs> yep, hear you. Yeah, I mean, so you obviously I'm just hold cautiously him. holding. I mean, I'm, yeah, you hold him. No question, yeah, you, hold you hold him. him. No question, but he's potentially the best value attacker in the game. But it feels kind of silly and weird to transfer him in, even though I still might. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, well, so Jabron James on Slack said, Walcott, hold or swap for another soup? I mean... We just need info. If he's going to be fit, if two weeks is a long time, then you just hold him, but if he's out, you, you can't like keep him. I mean, he's yeah, hurt. exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the week is two weeks away. We, for the most part, I feel like everyone should be waiting on their transfer until, like, you know... Wednesday or Thursday of next week or something at the earliest. Unless yeah, you're wait, like wait till Friday. Yeah, unless you're point one away from getting your fucking dream guy. It's still probably worth it to just forget the idea of having one dream player that's gonna solve your whole season because that's not true. But yeah, I mean waiting waiting is always good. And Jesse on Slack said grob hold or sell. So that's another that's another problem guy that in that price range that you were talking about. Yeah, I, Grob is tough. I yeah, I mean, there, he's flagged. He's saying he came off early because he was a little knocked, but <laughs> I don't. We did. We we know. really I, kiss of we kiss of death him big time. We, we did. We did. I don't know. I mean, he's got one goal, which was the pen. Missed the pen. Subbed off on fifty nine minutes twice. He's just. He might be Bodker this season. He might yeah, be. Christensen. He might be the new Bodker. Yeah. He's just. He's just Andreas Christensen, but you know, he has a funny B at the end of his name. <laughs> I. Th- yeah. Think I would hold tentatively at Southampton's a decent fixture, but I don't. I don't know. I, I don't mind straight swapping them out if the rest of your team's okay. I'm really split on this one. It's this is insanely difficult. I think too. Yeah, I mean, like if we're to believe that him taking a horrible pen against Fulham takes him off of pens, that really dense his value, and that's everything good that you were saying about him last pod, which is why I said we kiss of death him, but. Yeah, the minutes are so sketchy. I mean, he might not start against Spurs or City in game week six and seven. Like yeah. that's something that Hewton has shown that he might do. So if that's the case, that's fucking nightmare. But if he starts all of the games between game weeks eight and sixteen, I still think points will follow. I still think he he's a long term guy in that in that sense. But holding this week, oh man, he would be he would be hard for me to hold, I think. Just with yeah, those th- minutes and the pens, and, yeah. I th- yeah, I think it depends on your team. I mean, you mentioned really good point about those two tough fixtures after Southampton. Doesn't doesn't feel good. Maybe try and get away with it for one more week, but probably should get rid of him before those two. I mean, the early yeah. subs is just not. Forget about the pens. He didn't have pens last year. He still got fifteen returns and twenty yeah. some bonus points. I mean, the pens were just a cherry on top of what we already thought was going to be a good tick over tick along. Player, yeah, but the early subs is the problem. If you're if you're getting subs on fifty nine, you know how that feels. You're getting a one point. You cannot have that. 
So it's not just the one point. I mean, we've talked about this before. It's not just the one point. It's also that's you know almost half the game. Like you, you need your player on the pitch to score points. It's, it's sometimes it's a fantasy is as simple as that. Like if your guy's not getting minutes, if your guy's getting subbed early, your guy's starting games on the bench they're not going to get as many points as guys who start because you're just getting less opportunities, even Especially, if they're yeah. quality, you know? Especially because, I mean, we've said this time and time and time again, but the end of the fucking game is when everyone's dead tired. Like, that's when goals yeah. come. We yeah, see that you, every... That's when you counter. That's yeah, when you it's get, like every weekend. It's like once we hit 70 minutes, like, goals start coming in. Every game, every weekend, you know, the, the games are... They're five games on at a time. Between 70 and 90, it's like there's a goal in every game almost, it feels like, so... You want your player to be on even the most at the end of the game. So yeah, Grob, and, and Grob, Grob is such gross. a volume player too. It's like he needs ninety where he just racks up a million key passes and one of them turns into assists. He's not gonna like come on and dribble through five guys and score in twenty minutes like Pedro or something. But and that was the other thing, you know, people, some people bought him in before the Fulham game, but he did play one maybe two games or whatever minutes wise but his stats were not good on the season so far either so you were buying the fixtures not what the not not the form it's tough I, yeah i'm i'm leaning towards get rid yeah i think i am too i think but yeah, if you need, if you need to hold one week to avoid taking a hit or something fine. then yeah, southampton's not a bad fixture but you know if you have if he's your mid price midfielder and you have three other good midfielders and your defense look whatever going to madison or something like that like i'd be like yeah do that that's great yeah, or Fraser even. Yeah, Fraser. No, wait, wait. Fraser. 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 Yeah. Fraser. Well, so I listened back to Match of the Day to see how they said it, and he kind of says Fraser. Well, we can't do that. I know, it's kind of fucked, but Fraser. We'll say Fraser. That's a good What's job his I first asked. name? Can we just call him his Ryan. first name? But we're not going to call him Ryan. Fuck. Are we? And no. We just when call you say him Ryan, no- that means Brighton goalkeeper. Yeah, me? yeah. We just call him No Neck. No neck or Wee Man? No neck Wee Man, we combat. Yeah. Or just no it's gonna turn into like we though. It needs to be like one word. Alright, let's keep going with this bullshit. Anything that's, else? That's good. Yeah, yeah. A few three more questions and we'll right. we'll move on to Mishkan Slack. If you wild carded right now, what does your team look like? And Mane versus Hazard. Um Mane for me, just probably price consideration. Um I would probably go Hazard, Salah, Mane, building blocks. Probably put Kuhn up top, work around there. I, I would. I don't know defense. I would probably go three defense. Maybe I would look at three four three. Maybe with like a Mitrovic and an Ings or something up top. I'm, I'm not sure. I mean the money. What do What do you think? About, this is I'm too just, difficult to like just on the I'm spot. Just off the top of my head. Yeah. yeah, off the top of my head, I I think I would still go at least four defenders, and that the the top. Defenders are just ridiculous, and the, the value is still just unrivaled by every other position. So I think I would still go at least four, but I think three forwards is very real too. So maybe like a four three four, three, three or something three. like that. Yeah, you go two four fives in mid. You go Juan Basak at your fifth. Yeah, do something exactly. Like Mendy that's, Shaw. That's a good bench to build with. Yeah, Mendy Shaw, Trent, Alonso. I don't know. Some shit yeah. like that. Yeah, some, Aguero, something Mitrovic like that. up top. Yeah, something like that. I something think like probably that. is where yeah. I'd start at least. But the beauty of wildcarding, the beauty of wildcarding during an international break is you have just fourteen days of delight and tinkering for fun. Yeah. What do you think about Hazard versus Mane? Because that's a tough one. Yeah, I mean, I haven't, I haven't 
thought about that at all as a versus, especially on wild card when you have one or the other. But um, I mean, if you're asking me, would I rather have? I'm asking Hazard. if you'd rather have Hazard or Mane. But it's more complicated <laughs> than that because on wild card, if you ask me if I'd rather have Hazard and a Liverpool defender versus Mane and a not Liverpool defender, I would take yeah. Hazard. Yeah, that's fair. I like that. So that's easy. Okay. Um, I like both. I mean, I feel like you could fit I like both. both. They're both fantastic picks. Mane, no Hazard, Mo, midfield, maybe not doable. I don't know. Yeah, maybe not doable with Kuhn. Yeah, Dude, that's yeah. just so much money, but I don't know. TJC on Slack, should I stick with Mars or am I fucking stupid for doing yeah, so? You're absolutely a fucking moron for sticking with Mars. <laughs> Simple. Simple pimple control and toxic <laughs> monster on Twitter. What to do with non starters? Pedro, Zaha, and Mikatarian. Ouch. If you have all three of those this week, yeah, a, Ouch, a, oh, I'll click that wildcard button, but I. Zaha is not a non-starter. He's injured, so that's a different category. That's obviously your number one urgent move because he's not going to be fit. Um, but we don't, do we know how long he's injured for or no? It's at four plus weeks, I think, was what I was looking at. I think oh, they had to do shit. more scans, but I think they were saying four plus. And that is not good. I mean, Zaha gets these little lower body things. I think they were saying groin or something or calf or whatever the fuck. And he he was out for a long time last season. He's not a quick recoverer, so we'll see how long he's out for. Obviously, that's number one. Pedro, you know, he came on the sub, scored a goal. William did nothing again. I think Pedro is a lot more assured to come back into the team next game than Mctarian. Um, I think I would rank transfers out one Zaha, two Mctarian, three Pedro. Yeah. yeah. Um, God, Mickey, dude. Yeah. I mean, Hive Mind team brought in Mickey. That is just headache from hell. Like, yeah, I it's not good. It's not good. Yeah. For us, not having him, it was. I mean, we're getting oh, the we're one getting minute cameo. Of, dude, the get out of jail freeze for us. I don't even want to know in the other universe where we still don't have Richarlison and he scored twenty points in the last two weeks and yeah. like McTarian started and scored nine this week. We would be five hundred k lower than we are. We've yeah. been getting so lucky by dodging these very trendy price rising midfielders. I don't know how we've done it twice twice in a row. Yeah, you're right. Holy shit. Yeah. Lucky. Luck a lot of luck in this game. Um All right, let's go ahead, right? Yep. Okay, so I mean, are we even doing captains in our teams this week or should we just save that cuz we're going to pot again next week? After yeah. the weekend, no, I mean we're we're definitely not going to talk about our teams because neither has, of of us have any idea what we're going to do. And as you mentioned, we'll pot again. But I mean, captains, it's another Coon versus the field. I guess are you are you leaning? You're not going to go Mo with Spurs, are you? I think Fulham is the best attacking fixture in the league. Mm-hmm. Home Fulham, home Fulham, or home West Ham. One of those two. One of those two, but I. I feel like it's fallen because they're still naive. Like they're still on a high just to be here. They're just happy to be here. Like they're happy to get battered by Man City and be first on match of the day. That's wet dream for Fulham fans. You know? For Jokanovic to be standing next to Pep and just smelling his fucking musk, that's fucking jizz all over the place everywhere. You know? Like just to see Reamer. Marking Laporte <laughs> on a corner is just that's everything you dream for. You know, that's why you come up. So they're so just they're just gonna get pulled apart. <laughs> they, they they couldn't defend a fucking nosebleed. Like they 
they can't do anything. Like I, I'd be shocked if City score less than four. Just, you know, and they have they they could score fucking. Remember when they scored like seven last season against Stoke? <laughs> Yeah. Oh. yeah, no, no. So, I, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's time to captain a city player, and that guy's probably going to be Kuhn for me, but best captain might be Raz. I don't know. I mean, Raz just pulled out with probably a phantom. Don't, don't want to go play friendly training injuries, but is Kuhn going to like fucking ass fuck South America? Or yeah, what's he I, don't, I don't know the details. See, like, this is obviously that what the city is always... concerning, yeah. Yeah, that's always in the back of your mind, just like, ugh. But is Gab also in Brazil? Like, if Kuhn's in Argentina and Gab's in Brazil, then, like, whatever, it's yeah. a wash, yeah. maybe? and Gab's horrible. And then Raz will just start false nine up top, and both of them will be bent. <laughs> <laughs> and Mara's hat-trick. Like, yeah, Mara's nailed hat-trick. Yeah, Kuhn, I think, yeah. All right, we'll get there next next. We'll get pod, there right? next pod. We'll get more international <laughs> break details, but that's my Fulham rant. I mean, I <laughs> love them. De- Fulham defense, just get in. I, Fulham li- literally up to nothing against Brighton, who are not good. And if they didn't get that pen save, they would have just dropped three points. Yeah, and they concede two pens and a boatload of good chances. <laughs> Sessegnon... Almost bailed them out with three points at the very end, but then he hit a little like dick fuck shot. But I mean, they just, yeah, they, they. Could you cannot. imagine like Yukanovich trying to actually like teach a bus in training something that they've probably never, they've ever never done, done under Yukanovich? No and, chance. And what is he going to, you know, go out with a 4 5 1 or something with like yeah. an extra midfielder or something? Yeah, They're not going to know where to go. Up, what you to know do? what he's going to do? He's going to show them the Wolves tape and be like, I don't know how they did against Wolves in the championship last season. I assume it was competitive, but they're going to be like, we can do this. We can like press like they do, like, and just get fucking turned <laughs> over. They're going to have no Kearney. They're going to have Sherla. He's like, Sherla, like, I'm, go do this. And they'll be like, okay, coach. And he's just yeah. like, <laughs> sure, their only shots in that game are to be Sherla from 45 yards out. <laughs> so it's going to be an absolute bloodbath that game. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, we'll do our teams next week's pod, and and, and but it'll probably be a short one next week because I don't know, no games, but we'll we'll see what happens. Um, so let me. Slap- we'll pod Wednesday or something. Yeah, I think we'll pod Wednesday ish of next week, which hopefully will mean most of the internationals are over and most of the, the news that's relevant to us is out, and and we'll do a little short pod on like Wednesday or something like that. Um, for those in goal scorers challenge, you have to pick someone this week too. I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to nah, get into it any goals, more dude, than that. Yeah. I'm just saying. Um, yeah. And then let me slap some some patron asses. New Patreon signups of the week. We got Paul Taylor, Hayden Hunter. We got this fucking guy who put his name as just all underscores. Okay. Who does that? So we got that we got that guy blank and past his brother. He looks like it's like Marcos Alonso's mouth. And then we got Brendan Lane. Just four new guys, four new friends for us to be friends with. I feel like I said a lot of dumb bullshit in this pod today. You think so? Yeah. Feeling like I'm like, "Ooh, what was I talking about Erickson? Probably wasn't great." Well, we'll see what happens. Yikes. I mean, it it's a not only is it a dark dark gaming four, but going in an international break is just Darkness in the entire world of FPL for everyone. It's just two very bad weeks. 
Yeah, it's just two awful life weeks that we have yeah. to put up with and pot about and talk about. So uh, here we are. Um, any last words? Check uh, no. us out at FMLPL.com. Follow us on Twitter at FMLPL. Support us at Patreon.com slash FMLPL. Subscribe and